Hey, what's up? This is Parker Bryant, and I want to tell you a story. September 30th, 2020, at 11.21 p.m., three days after. The last time I wanted to fuck that bad was my spring break, my senior year in high school. I remember sitting outside my girlfriend's house at 3 a.m. She lived in Ken Knight, and I was full of Quavo. Because Thursdays at Third Dimension, the only gay club that entertained the black crowd in my hometown, always got us right with just four drinks. Because Tyson was the best bartender, hands down. Shit. I don't think I remember driving the rest of the way once I hit Moncrief. But somehow, I parked perfectly between her great auntie's 95 gold Bonneville and the pink Ford Bronco that was always getting worked on. Loco got plenty of dope to smoke tinkering on that truck. And he swore he could fix it. But now that I think about it, he was probably referring to his addiction rather than the truck. I remembered her uncle getting his dick sucked by a junkie in that same broke down ass truck in broad daylight. Shit was wild around there, but you had to love it. And it took me about five minutes to realize where I was at. I remember reclining my seat in my gray 92 Maxima. That car was my baby. It was passed down to me from my grandma when she upgraded to a Mercedes SUV at the beginning of my 12th grade year. It was kind of perfect, but imperfect timing because I probably wouldn't have gotten a car at all if Gigi hadn't gone to heaven fall 2000. Crazy how some blessings seem to only birth from tragedy for our people. And MySpace was a thing then, so I commented on Tiana's page until she finally gave in to sneaking out with me. I knew not to call the house though. Not even that one ring then hang up shit <laughs> because it would have woke up her auntie. She slept pretty light for a person who put back a six pack of 211s every night. Ah, Miss Lula. She wasn't strict, especially since Tiana had moved in two years ago when her mama got locked up on drug and prostitution charges. But she wasn't with that sucking pussy shit. (laughs) She would always say she didn't mind me and Tiana being friends, but we can't think we were no damn girlfriends. And I knew she didn't mean any harm. And the way we were raised, we respected the rules, even if we didn't agree with them. I saw Tiana run from the back of the apartment like she had just committed a home invasion crime. She jumped in my car and I pulled out of the driveway with my lights still off. You got your keys? I asked. Yeah, but I didn't close the door all the way. It makes too much noise, she replied. Their back door in the kitchen had its stories of being kicked in by dealers and killers and, of course, the police. Tiana even had to break in a few times when she forgot her key. I knew the lock had a mind of its own because it seemed to lock everybody out. I heard the turn on my lights once I got further away from the house because Ken Knight was not the neighborhood you wanted to get caught in doing dumb shit like riding slow with your lights off. Where we going? Tiana asked while firmly rubbing the back of my neck. She could tell I was a little fucked up and wanted me as alert as possible. She pulled a lukewarm half drink strawberry kiwi mystic out of her purse. Here, drink some. After a big gulp, I replied, Reebok Scenic. Tiana always smelled good. She carried a tube of Victoria's Secret Secret Crush lotion and strawberry lip gloss in her Dooney and Burke satchel purse. Even with sweatpants and tennis shoes on, she never forgot to rock her gold bamboo heart-shaped earrings. I think her mama gave them to her. That night was really different. I wanted Tiana, and not like the usual schoolgirl sex without depth we sometimes had. We did things that felt grown up. 
I remember her removing my pink vibrator strap from around my waist and told me to open my legs wider. She put her pussy directly on mine. It was the first time I had ever did anything like that. And although we were the same age, Tiana was more advanced in certain areas. Her uncle was addicted to porn too, so I don't know. I guess she saw things. I gave myself to her and she fulfilled her need to be wanted through me. The way my pussy leaked and throbbed and came all over my back seat, I knew for certain that I loved girls. And I knew I wanted to be the one and the kind Tiana was. Strong, sexy, and in control. I gave up. Right after I cleared getting on 400 from 285, because I dare not die in the fuckery called construction in Atlanta, I snatched my high-waist Ankara African print miniskirt above my ass with my right hand, and with a soft grip, I communicated back with my pussy, warm and moist, beating like the drums on my skirt. My clit dimness set in the palm of my hand. It was so hard and sensitive to the motherfucking touch. I grind and I roll without even swerving lanes. My pussy was so wet, my fingers almost slipped in. And then Trey Song's dive in started to play on my playlist. Didn't help at all. That horniness felt unbearable, but I knew it would soon be cured. Now check it. I felt all of this from text messages exchanged while I lunched with my team leaders. I acknowledged and celebrated their most recent achievements, but I also let the ass know that my expectations only increased after knowing what was capable. But halfway through the lunch, I mentally checked out on the ass and I didn't check back in until it was time to pay the bill. I was so gone in all of the vibes of possibilities and just having something new in my life. I mistakenly gave the way to my MX for the 500 plus bill that should have went on the company card. It was cool though. I fixed it later. No lie. I wanted it to happen between her and I more than I could tell my best friend. And although she was my bitch, she was a judgy one. And we had that in common. I didn't have time to explain or lie. So I just never told her about any of it. I definitely didn't want her bum-ass fiancé to know either. But it never failed that when we all went out together, her fiancé spoke in depth about shit I specifically told Yasha not to tell anyone, including her bitch. It wasn't that I didn't like her. I just thought that she was lazy, lacked ambition, had no fucking clue of what she wanted to do with her life other than buy shoes. But for what? The hoe wasn't going anywhere. Not that I could see. She loved my homegirl, I guess, but I always thought Yasha could do better. However, when compared to Gina, who used to cheat and beat the shit out of Yasha just nine months ago, KP was the best thing that happened to my friend. But their relationship kept me determined to never settle for average because of my subpar experiences. Besides, love wasn't on my radar and a relationship was at the very bottom of my to-do list. The nasty shit we planned to do to each other was on another level. This woman told me she wanted to fuck me in the baptismal pool of an old school AME church. Shit, I was with it. I told her I would ride her face in the choir stand on first Sunday during communion. Yeah, we both had our opinions about religion and the fucked up shit that went on inside black churches. Why you playing? 
It took a lot of work for me to forgive some of the shit my own family did to me because they believe everything that book said and that man preached. Of course, it wasn't all bad. Gigi made it that way. I think she knew God differently than the other Christians. And I respected her for that and kept the principle she lived by close to my heart. But her and I, we wanted to sin deeply. And I desired for my soul to be drowned in the sexual fluids of a woman who felt purposely descended from heaven, coming to submerge herself into my wet, fat, detox, juicy pussy. Because detox pussy hits different. And I advise you to stay away from the women. I mean, the immature and uninformed who rather buy expensive coochie washes, but care not to consider the food they eat, you know, like high fructose, maltodextrin, red number 40, pussy hoes. It was already two o'clock and her plane was scheduled to land at four. I couldn't get out of my truck quick enough. Living on the 16th floor of MAA Lennox always felt perfect for me until days of rush time. See, our elevators move like theme park rides, but I lived in the corner back condo. Atlanta is a beautiful city, so the double room city view with long big ass windows was a must for me. And it was away from the elevator. Right. Anyway, I grabbed my burnt chestnut Dagny Dover signature tote off the passenger seat, threw my metallic bronze Gia door sling back pumps on my wrist, and I jetted into the building. Our concierge tried to do his job and greet me, but I stopped him abruptly. Mr. Lundquist, please don't allow anyone up before I call back down. I tried to stress. Yes, Miss Tolman, he joyfully replied in his sweetest accent. So I ended my work week 16 hours early. Unsure what will come from my social media flame. Y'all, I was excited and nervous at the same damn time. I wanted to be fucked all night and all day. The kind where you lay up and eat, feed each other, watch a childhood movie together, fuck again and again and again all over the fucking place. Yeah, I wanted all of that. So I prepared to be missing in action. A workaholic is an understatement. Because money is the only other energy that makes my pussy wet than being in the company of beautiful, intelligent black women with edge. I had exactly one hour and 33 minutes to finish prepping my house, my mind, and my body for what I anticipated to be the best fuck since my senior year in high school during spring break. Four months ago, I slipped up and fucked my ex after meeting up for bento bowls and sake in downtown Decatur. I know, I know. I'd fallen in love with the vibe of the small city northeast of Atlanta, and whenever anyone offered to meet up, I was like, you good with the gator? <laughs> so we agreed to come to peaceful terms with the damage we had caused each other. You know, the closing door meeting that doesn't really have to happen, but people rather lace reality with lies, so we do it anyway. Low-key, I think we like lying to ourselves, saying that we are trying to move on, when the truth is we don't know how to move on until we have to move on. And if both parties remain undecided, y'all know we hope we get back entangled. So, we met after not seeing or speaking to one another for almost about two years. Yeah, two years. At the end of the day, I don't believe we wanted to be enemies, but being friends was a little much. She still appreciated me, and I respected her. However, the love was definitely gone. Don't get me wrong, though. It's not that she was a bad person. She possessed great qualities just for another lover and another relationship. When the conversation fumbled over notions of second chances, I paused. 
See, we were slightly different people than we were in 2014 in Houston, Texas at the Creative Influencers Dinner Party hosted by Black Creek Entertainment. That alone made room for different outcomes if we were to try a relationship again. But the piece I had worked my ass off for since our final breakup was so much better than the four years that we were together. So I was good on it. I didn't need another chance. I had found something better. I had found myself. I had found peace. I may have even offended her bold subtleties with my clear avoidance of her indirect inquiries. But I knew Faven. And like I said, the changes, if any, were going to be slight. She was just horny and had not dated her new boo, the one she didn't think I knew about, long enough to fuck her. Faven was always suspect and ranting and raving that as soon as women slept together, they stopped pursuing love. Everything became soul ties, obligations, codependency, and done out of habit. Hmm. Truth, but not all. However, it was a direct reflection of who she really was, but you could never get her to admit that shit. And no, I didn't ask for the information about her new lover either. Y'all know that. Y'all also know how messy people are, especially the ones who are or were mutual friends when y'all was in a relationship together. And it's kind of fucked up, though, how new lovers often receive emotional injury they never truly find out about. They just feel something from somewhere. But usually it's someone still lingering in the trenches of the heart that they are trying to pursue. Talks in the car about all things never discussed. A few beautiful fables with messages, semi-singlehood on both ends, and then comes this burst of unnecessary sexual frustration that was never intended to happen, but the shit did. And I regretted it. I really did. So much that I stopped flirting with all my little side pieces. I didn't need them to want me because I had to regather my entire life. Fucking her again made me question all of my growth. I reconsidered my worth and definitely was scared as hell at the thoughts of possibly going back to a situation I knew broke my soul. My ex and I didn't talk after that day ever again. I believe Faven felt rejected and I most definitely manipulated. So you know I got this DM a little over seven weeks ago. I wasn't bugging but I definitely was on guard. It caught my attention beyond the usual creeps. See, DM slides are the new, hey, how you doing? It's the norm now, so we don't jade people who do it or look for what used to be. Hell, we can't recall the last time a conversation started in person. On average, I probably get about 15 DMs a day asking anything from, can I take you out, to are you into women only? Block. On a good day, I sent a crying laughing emoji because these people are fools. However, me and this woman were not friends. So for me to check the request tab was unusual. It was so many messages in there, mostly spam. I'm not going to give myself all of that. But I have to ask, when did IG make that backdoor ass folder? Anyway, the way she structured her message was like she really wanted me to know that she scrolled through every one of my pics and read every letter of my captions. Game. It, it had to be game because ain't nobody feeling somebody like that in 2020. Here, let me read the message. This is what she said. Not many take my breath away from a picture. An immediate pause in my scrolls of double taps brought me to message you. If you ever get this, consider responding. I'm someone worth replying to. <laughs> okay. 
So I did respond. Two days later, it wasn't hard for me not to think about this perfect stranger who crafted herself in my psyche with her words because when I walk into my office, I am laser focused on my clients, my team, and my coins. I already told y'all that. And hell yeah, I left her on scene. I absolutely have no clue what people expect from complete strangers. Besides, my access and attention is not frivolously given to anyone. But I did want her to know that I saw her message. Hush, I know what you're thinking. Her page was not private. I peeked. Okay, okay. I did scroll until my pride kicked in. She was interestingly boring, appeared goal-driven, educated, and weird. She was different, yet not the vain type that I could tell. There was a streak of confidence that turned me on, but not really sure of where it came from. Poses? Nah, had to be the captions and ability to curate herself in a variety of ways. She seemed soft and left enough mystery to wonder about the internet romantic that I was about to fuck the shit out of. She texted me, landed, and nothing else. Not that I expected a call, but it would have been nice to hear her voice to say that she was on her way and to see if she was as excited as I. Her voice was so smooth and relaxing. I will sometimes zone out listening to her send my long stories about her life and what made her heart flutter. She had a way with everything she did. But I did send her my address the night before and never responded to her reply of heart eye and water dripped emojis. I told her I fell asleep. But really, I was flirting with this lawyer chick I met through a Facebook group for professional networking, black queer women, yada, yada, yada. All that means is that the group is for women who want to fuck but can't put it out there like that. So they got to get their groove on online to try to get something on the offline. I was in a few groups and although the conversation differed when moderated by obviously young-minded lesbians, the outcomes were the same. Post, post, comment, comment, inbox, phone number exchange hookup. What's crazy though was the amount of happily taken and happily married folks that was doing all of the sidestepping and backdooring. Now look, I love women, the community, and all that comes with it. But some of these relationships, <clears throat> I meant entanglements, don't know how to go within themselves or in their relationship to fix anything. They're always seeking outsiders always on the outside child it goes from wanting a little attention to being in whole ass relationships with someone new and now they have to choose who to be with miss me with all that shit definitely got to respect those who do polyamory the right way the lawyer woman's conversation was cool until she tried to video call me on facebook who does that at that point i knew she was going to be too much for me i declined and went to sleep for real i think i left the group and blocked her no more crazies for me especially those almost twice my senior i guess she had everything figured out no she wasn't a stranger to atlanta and if you've been here enough you knew the city and all the moving parts were not that complicated my time was down to two handfuls of minutes. I rushed to my room to make sure everything was where it needed to be. Natural water-based lube for sensitive skin and the top drawer of the nightstand all cleaned off just in case. I hadn't used it in a while, but the last time I did, I... Damn! I totally forgot about fucking that military woman from my friend's friend's deployment party at the beginning of last month. I think that's when that happened. Hmm. Yikes. 
But yeah, I had to pull out all the stops. She wasn't working with much, and I missed every opportunity to reject her ass. Just call it too many drinks, too friendly. Needless to say, the woman ended up in my bed. I had to throw away them damn sheets. Tried to soak the stains out, but no luck. I had just bought them bamboo lysol sheets too. So here's what I have. Handcuffs, check. Ropes, check. Feathers, check. Paddle, check. Gag mask with ball, check. Black microfilm gloves, check. Whip, check. Nipple clamp, check. Blindfold, check. Anal beads, check. Tracy's dog, check. Leash, check. Condoms, check. We FaceTime when she purchased the new dick. You have to. Because some of these women buy dicks the size of their ego, not their skill set, and make a complete fool of themselves. Can't even stroke good with the oversized piece of rubber, let alone insert it in any pussy that would enjoy this damaging action. Ow. Stay thylate free and sucker free. I received the call from Mr. Lundquist. Ms. Hillman, you have a visitor. Are you permitting guests at this time? I paid for him and he's worth it. I took a deep breath, <sighs> exhaled, then replied, give her access, Mr. Lundquist. Sure thing. Have a great evening, Miss Tillman. I said a silent prayer, didn't ask for forgiveness, just not to have to kill Miss Girl. From the concierge desk to my front door, it took six minutes and some loose change. I could feel her getting closer. For a brief moment, I admitted I was about to be on some bald head whole shit and fuck a woman I had met on the internet. But after talking, video calling, laughing, exploring thoughts and discussing life, I felt like I knew her, although I didn't. There was an intentional knock at the door. My pussy gave way and leaked like a fucking broken dam. I wanted her. The difference in her voice, the passion behind her words resonated with a deeper part of me. A part that I've locked away for some time now because people ain't shit. And I've had my fair share of horrible situations. Although she already touched me without touching me. It had to remain a secret because this was not about undoing my numbness. And definitely not about falling in love. She was dope, but her gullible ass was now my victim. I opened my door and was met with a cool breeze. She smelled like honey, ginger, and lemon. She was beautiful, and her masculine energy didn't overshadow her femininity. The softness in her eyes agreed with me. As she lifted her right foot to enter my home, I pulled her by her jacket and kissed her passionately into the door. She felt like she belonged to me, and I wanted to give her everything I had. She dropped her bag and locked the door all in one motion. She firmly grabbed my ass and gently spread my cheeks apart right there by my pussy. Oh, that shit turned me on. I could tell her strength by her grips and stance. I bumped against the island in my kitchen as we slow danced further into the house. She lifted me without hesitation and I can't remember the last time I was picked up and fucked. I wanted her. I'm not a kisser, but damn it, this woman's vibe had me doing shit I only daydreamed about. She had not said one word. However, as she became aroused, she started to gently moan and slightly pant in my ear. Her breathing was sexy, and I knew she could handle me. I miss being handled. I miss someone taking control of my body without making me feel violated. 
I wanted to be talked to. I needed to be heard. Fabian and I had good sex. It wasn't great though. I wanted to do many things in the bedroom and on the outside, but she was a traditionalist in a way. Although I kept my shit in the sheets on point for her style of sex, it wasn't freaky enough and I'm a freak, a big one. I like it nasty, slippery, and uncontrolled. She lifted my small tee that fell right below my ass and exposed me. My body was so hot, I didn't feel the coolness of the countertop. She disengaged, taking a step back. That was the first time I took an entire look at her. She was perfect in a non-perfect way. Her eyes spoke to me. I couldn't get out of her eyes. She slowly looked me over. I wondered, what did she see? I've never been self-conscious about much, except my gash scar on my inner thigh. A wound I earned trying to escape from the grips of my ex-boyfriend when he found out I aborted her child. I wasn't ready. Neither was he. I say I earned it because all of the other patches of hair loss and black eyes and sore muscles, I didn't. I thought I loved him, but that was when I was dumb enough to fall deep for potential. Every time I look at my scar, I'm reminded to never give two fucks about potential. Face value only. It is what it is. What? I asked. She replied, I just wanted to take the time to thank you for welcoming me into your home, inviting me to your city, and now giving me the opportunity to make love to you. Nice to finally meet you in person. She was always careful with me, even when we would speak on the phone. She watched her words, placed them gently on my mind, and left things to think about. She wasn't flashy or tried to promote herself as something she wasn't. She had substance. Like I said before, she felt different, but so does anyone in the first few weeks of knowing them. No problem, Dixon. I jumped off the island and led her to my bedroom. I wasn't for all the quadru semi-mushy shit. I asked her to Atlanta because I wanted to fuck her, period. I heard her love-making statements, but that wasn't what I was on. But I would let her think whatever she wanted as long as I got to wet her ass up. I sat on the edge of my bed and opened my legs. My pussy spoke for herself. Take all that shit off, I demanded. I wanted her ass to get to it and stop with the polite shit. But I couldn't say that because she might have felt like I was using her for sex. Although I was, she didn't need to know that. She started to undress. Her round, large grapefruit breast fit perfectly on her chest. Her areolas were chestnut colored with Hershey kiss sized nipples. I wanted them to be in my mouth ASAP. She was groomed and smelled amazing all the way down to her socks. Her body wasn't hard, sculpted, but toned. I took off my ASU shirt and let it drop on the side of my bed. She walked me slowly and halfway parted my legs, releasing more of my need. I knew my pussy was glistening by the way she looked up at me. The very first thing she did was rub her finger against my scar. I snatched away. She looked perplexed. I shook my head and stated, no. She lowered my back on the bed by rubbing her hands from my fingertips all the way to my shoulders. Her hands were soft and calloused at the same time. Her touch unexplainably gentle. 
She caressed my epidermis, sending vibrations through the fine hairs on my arms that messaged my entire body to quiver. I didn't resist. She controlled everything with her grip and touch. She slid her hands from the top of my shoulders onto my breast. She cupped them in a seamless motion, my nipples set up precisely between her thumbs and pointer finger. Then she began to silently speak to me. She lowered her body onto mine. For the first time in a long time, I felt like I was with a woman, if you get what I mean. She was curvaceous, soft, and though she smelled of men's cologne, she housed aromas of flowers and an open field. She lubricated her full heart-shaped lips and placed her warm, wet mouth on my erect nipples. I haven't felt sensations through my titties ever, but the way she tickled and twirled and sucked a nipple, I started to mouthfuck her with my nipples. As she went back and forth between my breasts, she eased her right hand down my hips, widening my legs with her knees. She knew the language of my body and communicated with every limb of hers. I fought so hard to remain emotionally distant. I didn't want to feel anything more than sex. Great sex. I was for certain she was about to place her thick fingers in my pussy, but she kept her hands on my hips. With her left hand, she grabbed the base of my neck and tilted it. Her tongue spoke ASL in my creases. She licked but didn't drool. She flicked the lobe of my ears while whispering, I'm going to take my time with you. I know you just want to fuck, and that's cool with me. But I need you to feel something different before I leave your presence. You deserve something different. You deserve to be free. My body started to lose control. Somehow I knew she was serious. And at the same time, hoping she didn't fuck me so good, I would consider letting down my walls for her. As soon as my body responded without my permission, she slipped her thick fingers between my pussy lips. She was so gentle as she navigated through my slippery excitement. She danced around my clitoris, knowing exactly where she was peeking pulled her ass right on out. Then she used her thumb to stand her up. I have never been jacked before. With two fingers, she touched every area around my clitoris. I was hard as fuck. She whispered I deserved it again and again and again and again in my ears. My legs flung open. She slid another finger inside of me. I gripped them with my pussy. I felt her and I needed for her to know that. It had been a minute and not everyone gets to travel inside me. Not as far as I wanted her to go. She whispered, you can take more. She slipped another one of her fat fingers inside of my pussy and I felt her pressure. It was like she lowered herself into me while pressed directly against my G-spot and my click at the same time. I started creaming immediately. She filled me up unlike any other woman or man had ever. She stroked me slow, wide and deep. I promise you I had never been fucked like this before and with fingers. It felt so connected. I wanted all of her inside of me. I pulled her closer. She was strong yet willing to submit even while in control. Lock me in your legs, she instructed. I did just that. We got so close. She went so deep. I cried.
I knew she touched my soul. She looked at me in my eyes and lowered herself to kiss me, but it wasn't a normal kiss. She told me to breathe and then inhaled my wind. Although our lips did not touch, the vibration from her sensuality glossed my mouth with unforgettable passion. I needed what she was willing to give me, but I refused to open up and receive it. I didn't want love. I just wanted to nut. I went to work the next morning, leaving a spare key to my apartment next to her cell phone on the nightstand. I had my assistant text her the confirmation number for her return flight home two days earlier. I booked a room at the Regis for the night. I scheduled a locksmith to change my locks the following day. She felt too good. And I'm not ready for that. Honestly nasty. Deja. you were just listening to a Parker Bryant creation. I know you love it. So come back for more.